Hello and welcome to the Four Comic Junkies podcast. When the comics aren't enough and you need a little extra fix. I'm your host, JJ Hodges. Uh, this podcast is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. Speaking of Batman on Film, guess what, folks? We have returning guest, senior contributor to Batman on Film, as well as uh, co-host of the Straight Out of Gotham podcast, Peter Vera, is in the house tonight, or this morning, or this afternoon, whenever you're listening to this, really. You know, that's uh, that's up to you. Um, we are talking the uh, 90s classic Superman versus Aliens. That's right. Dark Horse and DC got together for a Superman-Aliens crossover, and it was awesome. Not only that, but let me tell you, what made it even better was the fact that it's written by Dan Jurgens, a Superman legend, and drawn by uh, Kevin Nolan, another DC Comics legend. These guys, I mean, they brought their A-game and crafted a really awesome story. Um, you know, if you're able to find it at like a used bookstore or something, unfortunately it's out of print, um, I highly recommend this. I mean, this this book is so much fun. And I loved talking to Peter about it, you know, because it's it's always great talking to Peter about like comic book stuff. Anyway, you know, he uh, like he knows what he's talking about, and we just we sit there and you know for the next hour we just we just geek out, um, you know. And Peter informed me that he is fully vaccinated against COVID nineteen. I'm so excited for him. Uh, when you're when you're when you're able to, folks, get your vaccine. I hope by the time you listen to this that. Uh, you're you're at least on the schedule, you know. I got mine a little bit ago because I'm a healthcare worker. Got mine a couple months ago. Um, I mean, it's 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 time, man. We're getting we're getting to the end of this uh, end of this nonsense. Uh, but for today, we're on we're onto a different type of nonsense the the fun nonsense with comic books and Superman and aliens and Lois Lane and you know, Superman has a mullet in this story, and it's so cool. I, oh, I love 90s Superman. He's so cool looking. Uh, I mean, he looks like a douche, kind of, but I love it. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, let's get into the episode here. Uh, you, as always, you can find me at 4 Comic Junkies, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, you can email me, 4 Junkies at gmail.com. Uh, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please um, write a review. Uh, give us a rating, you know. It helps us... Uh, Helps us get the word out about about being a junkie for comics, and you can never overdose on comic books. At least that's what I tell my father. Anyway, uh, let's get into the episode. Here we go. All right, thank you again, Peter, for coming back to the show. Uh, it's always a delight having you, and it seems like you'll never know what we're going to talk about. It's going to be Batman, it's going to be The Flash, who knows? This time it's something else entirely so that's fun <laughs> yeah it's it's cool coming on here because you uh whenever we do a show it always makes me uh go back to something i haven't looked at in a while whether it was batman 66 or john wesley ships flash mm -hmm. or today's topic so it, it's cool to just dig back into things that aren't always in my rotation and uh you and uh, your show and the batman book club are two shows that i like doing that with because 
again, like it just allows me to go back into the library and look at new stuff, old stuff. Oh yeah, I I totally agree. And uh, it's funny that you mentioned the Batman book club because I talked to Lauer after um, my last show did mm-hmm. we did uh, Noel. Um, oh, great story! Yeah, I, and and I was like, well, I want to think of something kind of outside the box for the next one. And I asked him, I was like, has anyone picked the Batman alien story? And he said no. And I was like, oh, well, let's do that one. And then I was like, oh, but you know what's funny is that I actually like the Superman aliens one more. Um, mm-hmm. I was like, well, I'll do it on my show. <laughs> so I'll see if somebody has read that. And I reached out to you. You were the first one I re- reached out to, actually, because I was like, I feel like these um, DC, back when it was still Dark Horse, before Disney bought uh, 20th Century Fox, these were mm-hmm. like these were like hidden gem comics, I feel like, even back then. Um you know, there's, there's, I think, two or three Batman Predator volumes, at least one Superman Predator volume, um, you know, and then, like, yeah. there's two Superman Aliens ones. And I remember reading this one that we're going to talk about today a long time ago uh, when I was, like, on a huge, like, Aliens kick when I was a kid. And I was like, I was like, oh, my gosh, this story was so great. And then they did a part two that included... Um, that actually had Darkseid in the mix where he was trying to attack New Genesis with the aliens. Um, And I was like, I don't remember liking that one as much though, but I can't, I also don't think I can find it anywhere. (laughs) No, they are hard to find. Horror comics in general, like especially good horror comics are always hard to find. I am, I own two of the three Batman predators. Mm -hmm. I own Batman alien and I do own Superman aliens. Yep. Um, and I, fa- you know, I found this book in the $5 bin of my comic shop. Oh, nice. So, you know, like whenever you go to the local comic shop, make sure you check out those $5 dollar bin. Like there's always some hidden gold in there and, um, it's definitely a little beat up, but like, I, I really don't care cause I, it's a cool, it's a cool story. Uh, I, you know, it ties into like main continuity, but is it Elseworlds? Like, I'm not sure, you know, like it's one of those weird, like. It's got to be Elseworlds because it's Dark Horse uh, story as well. So it's just one of those weird kind of middle grounds. I, I was actually going to – that's funny you say that because I was going to ask you if you thought of it as in continuity or Elseworlds because in a weird way it's almost – it has – it, it does because it has the origin of Supergirl but not Supergirl from like main DC Comics, mm-hmm. more so from the, the animated series um, when she was from uh, Argo City. Yeah. Um, which is the first thing I, I thought of. I was like, oh yeah, isn't this like an old Kryptonian city or something? And then it was, mm-hmm. and then she says it like, oh no, this is art. I'm from the planet Argo, and this was a city that was lost or something along those lines. She yeah, says, she's not actually Kryptonian, right. but she's like a descendant of people who worship Kryptonian. You know, so yeah, it's yeah. an interesting middle ground. And uh, Mr. Jan, uh, Dan Jurgens does a, a great job teetering that line as only a, a fantastic writer like himself can and uh it's interesting because supergirl can be one of the well kara zor-el or whatever <laughs> whichever kara you know kara <laughs> kara um she kind of has a muddled history mm-hmm. you know not not as bad as like donna troy but depending <laughs> on where you want to is it argo city is she from candor yeah uh this one takes its own interpretations it, it's it's very interesting um how they kind of tied it into you know how even towards the end of the book he tells us like hey your family as far as i'm concerned so it was it was an interesting little twist yeah i i really uh i, I liked that because it did feel like a kind of a classic superman meets supergirl story and then of course you have mm-hmm. like the aliens in it the xenomorphs and mm-hmm. the funny thing is I'm, I'm reading this book and i'm getting so into it so i'm sitting in my chair and i was just like oh my gosh like this is really good it's actually 
you know, it flows so well that it's actually yes. it was actually really scary. And mm -hmm. and my cat at that moment decides to just, you know, nudge my leg with his tail and I was like, oh, okay, all right, what what the fuck was there that? Like <laughs> I was like, Jurgens, you got me. <laughs> you got me sucked that's, in. <laughs> um, I, I love how nineties uh, the story is. Cause I I forgot that this was the long haired Superman era. <laughs> yeah. So even Clark Kent kind of has a mullet. You yeah. Know? So Clark Kent he's got the ponytail, and then I think he lets it out when he's Superman. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's funny. Is it an actual ponytail? I can't tell. Um, let me see. If the, I thought I took it as a mullet. Right at the beginning. He's got a little bit of flow. It might be uh, a ponytail. No, I don't think it is. I think you're right. I think it's. Uh, I think his hair's out. The super mullet. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, you know, and it makes me think a little bit. When I think of this era of, of Superman, I can't help but think of uh, Lois and Clark. Um, mm -hmm. So I do, not that I hear Dean Cain's voice or anything, but that's sort of the visual I have in my head, which would have been an interesting crossover if they'd done it on the show with you know, <laughs> Lois and Clark versus the aliens. That that would have been a lot of fun back then. Um, I man, I don't even know if TNT had the budget for that. <laughs> I I doubt it. Um, <laughs> you know, nowadays maybe. You know, I, I I'd love to see Henry Cavill do it. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, on HBO Max, right? Everything's going to HBO Max these days. Well, not only that, but we do know that Henry Cavill from The Witcher. You know, he looks good with long hair, so you know he's yeah he could do it. Um, but yeah, this. Um, I just remember, you know, comparing and contrasting, and which isn't entirely fair because they're not, um, you know, they're not quite the same type of story. But uh, the that I enjoyed this one far more than the the Batman Aliens one. Not that I didn't like that one, but I felt like this one, um, you know, like we were talking about, has some roots in the comic book continuity as well as it feels, but it also feels like pretty fresh that you can. If this is the first Superman comic you've ever read, it shouldn't be. <laughs> but if it is, you, you get it right away. It just kind of works better. Yeah. You know, essentially, they're two aliens going against each other. You know, mm -hmm. like Batman should have a huge disadvantage. And he, to be brutally honest, he might not survive against it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I do agree with you. I do like the sto this story more than Batman Alien. The, mm -hmm. the one I've read, I, don't, I can't remember. Oh, no, I think I said I have both. I can't remember. I haven't read either one in a while. Yeah, but uh, no, I'm with you. I do, I do prefer Superman Aliens. It's uh, it's it's interesting where his sort of moral, his moral code comes up quite a few times in the story, and I think it's funny because I described the story to my friends, and they were like kind of making fun of him, like, like, are you serious? He wouldn't kill those things. I was like, well, you know, that's that's not what it's about. It's it's about his his own moral code and his, uh, you know, his stance on you know, it's a sentient being, it deserves life, you know, and it doesn't, it's not technically speaking doing anything wrong it's just doing it's it's just instinct that this creature lives on and he kind of recognizes that yeah i mean i guess you could kind of compare it to maybe a cheetah a jaguar it's just trying to survive and it doesn't right. really know the difference between right or wrong you know it's not like someone like dark side who just wants to obliterate life right it's right just <laughs> trying to live right yeah and and i think that that aspect of it makes the story that much more interesting to me because it you know it has Superman having to figure out a smart way to take on these these creatures, um, you know especially because he's losing his powers and everything, which is it's such a it's such a trope, isn't it? It's like oh Superman's going against a new powerful being, like oh he's gonna lose his powers. But here I felt like it 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 worked and it made sense. 
um, and it puts yeah. him at a disadvantage. Within the depths of space, you know, away from the yellow sun that really harvests his powers and gives him his abilities. Uh, I thought it was really great to see Superman go against an alien, you know, just see it try to bite his head and it doesn't work. You know, yeah. even at the end, he knows he's got an alien inside him, but he knows that if he gets close enough to his son to essentially recharge the battery, it won't burst through his chest. You know, right. it, it was it was cool because it, it involved like the the ticking clock, you know, like that Mission Impossible vibe. <laughs> he's got so much time left before he knows he could actually die. Yeah. So there's kind of yeah, that race against the clock aspect is really interesting. Yeah. Um, and, and I love that the, the story does um, it. It doesn't have a. Uh, it has. It doesn't have necessarily a happy ending, but it also it has kind of a bittersweet ending. Um, you know, with with Kara, Kara, you know, however you want to say it. She kind of, you know, and we're jumping all over the place here, but um, it. She, you know, she finds some peace. She gets to get away, um, which leads me to, you know, like we were talking about before. Is this Elseworlds or is it not? It's like, well, it it could also not be because. You know, he Jurgens left it open ended enough that she could come back in the main continuity. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I don't think they ended up doing that, but I thought it was smart of them um, to, you know, because the Batman one, I always laugh like like Batman's the final girl, right? <laughs> like he's the mm-hmm. only survivor. In this one, it's like um, like Superman isn't the only survivor, and and I liked that. I thought that that fit Clark's character that he's not gonna just. If he can find a way to save somebody, he's going to do it, and he yeah. he did it the best way he knew how. And everything he did just it even goes to like speak of Superman's genius. Like he figured out a way to. He knew both of them were infected, and then he figured out a way to transport the uh, the alien embryo out of Kara. Yeah. So that she could survive, and then I just like the little twist because like you know I haven't read it in a while, so I was like, oh man, wow, they really killed her. Like that was interesting, and then. Mm-hmm. You get to the last was like three panels, and it's it's Kara aboard the ship, yeah. the escape pod, and like, oh wow, she survived. That's great. So, what the hell happens to her now? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <You> know, exactly. <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing some sort of um, sequel to this where it resolves Kara's story. Like, I'm interested to see does Kara have powers if she's exposed to a son. Uh, that that's what sort of bummed me out about the the second part is I she's not in it. You know, it's just. I, I think the whole story in part two takes place on New Genesis and Apocalypse. I've never read that one. So um, I'm like, I, I did a quick Wikipedia and uh, uh, I did a DC fandom search. But, yeah, um, I mean, that, was, that was a long time ago I read it. I'm not even sure I still have it. I mean, this this copy I have here, actually, I I had to find online because I couldn't find mine. And I was so upset. Do you upset. have the trade or did you buy the issue? No, I have the trade. Um, and even back then I had the trade. Because um, I always thought the, the image of the on the back... I think I remember seeing like a picture of it in a comic book store once the, you know, the alien popping out of the Superman symbol and that, yeah. that in and of itself is a pretty creepy image. Um, and again, it's such a bummer that, you know, we will probably not get a story like this again since Disney owns the alien and predator characters. Um, and they, they have, I think their version of alien number one comes out this week. I think it comes out Wednesday. Um, yeah. As a, as of this recording, it does, uh, which I'm, I'm excited about. And I've been talking to uh, Emmett Davis from let's go and, uh, mm-hmm. You know, he's a big Aliens fan, so we were talking about that. And I was like, hey, I'm actually kind of looking forward to that. Um, yeah, I'm going to give it a shot. I, I put it on my poll list. So uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to see what Disney does with a character like Alien. Just I was like, you know, because sometimes we always get nervous that Disney waters things down because yeah. they are Disney. Right. I think I think they let the comics go a little bit, a little bit more mature-ish, at least. Yeah. Um, 
like I felt like the Star Wars comics felt like Star okay. Wars to me. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a, that doesn't mean much to you because you're not a big Star Wars fan. Um, but those don't feel like. I just appreciate the fact that they're not meddling too much. You know, I, I know Disney cares about their reputation a lot right, when it right. comes to being family friendly. So it does cause concern. I mean, maybe if they announce like an actual movie or something, then you know we can be like, oh, what's this going to be like? But well, we'll we'll see what happens with Deadpool <laughs> three, right? <laughs> that's that's the one I have my eye on because Kevin Feige has said like numerous times that he wants it to stay R rated, and Ryan Reynolds has st- said that as well. I'm like, we all say that now until it gets time, mm-hmm. and then it's like, oh, well, actually, we're thinking, well, you know, we can make it work as PG thirteen. It's like, oh, come on, but. We'll uh, we'll see. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it, I suppose. Um, so let me uh, let me ask you uh, to backtrack here. When did you first get into like the Alien franchise, or are you really not much of an Alien fan? Uh, I like Aliens a lot. Um, I really, oh man, I can't remember when I first got into it, but I love the first Alien. I love mm-hmm. Alien too. Yep. Uh, well, Aliens. Um, <laughs> I'm a big fan of Prometheus. I really dig that movie. Oh wow! <laughs> I have, yeah, oh yeah, I love Prometheus. I, I really do. Uh, Alien Three is not my favorite. Um, I got, I have a nostalgic uh, relationship with Resurrection just because it was the first Alien movie that I saw in a theater. Yeah, you know, it's it's not the greatest, but I mean, I'm a huge Ron Perlman fan, so it's hard for me not to enjoy Ron in a film. Uh, I um, agree with you there. And, yep. <laughs> uh, Alien Covenant, I didn't like outside of Kenny McBride. Mm. So, uh, you know, the Alien franchise, it has its ups, it has its downs. But overall, I'm, I'm a big fan. And, uh, you know, the Alien, Alien vs. Predator 1, I like. Alien vs. Pre- uh, Predator Requiem is a bit rough. Yeah, it's it's funny because I'd never seen Alien Predator Requiem, just watched that recently, and did not... I didn't hate it as much as I thought I would, but I also didn't really enjoy it. Um, there I, is... There's a good idea in there somewhere, right? Well, I think that the the predator alien hybrid thing is is a cool idea, but it's almost like I I like that idea better than the rest of the movie because <laughs> um, you know it's it, and that's why I you know I agree with you about the first alien predator. I was like, well, the thing is, is that the human characters weren't as annoying to me in that movie, so you know there, I had some attachment to them. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's sort of like Godzilla versus Kong, you know, which again, as of this recording is coming out soon, it's like, I'd rather, I, I don't care about the humans. I just want to see the, the monsters fighting and give me the good monster fights and I'm there. <laughs> I know this is slightly off topic. But I remember when the predator came out, the recent one, mm-hmm. I was like, I heard the, I read the synopsis. And I was like, this sounds like the only verse predator requiem. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. In suburbia causing hell. I was like, oh God, they're doing this again. And that, that, that that I would have. Oh man, that movie would have been good if it wasn't for that ending. I think, it, in it, my opinion, that was uh, another case of uh, as we as DC fans are well aware of studio meddling, <laughs> yeah. um, which is unfortunate because Shane Black. If you you know you give him the keys, he's gonna yeah, get. Yeah, I'm a big Shane Black fan. Yeah, I I you know I I was a Shane Black fan before I knew I was a Shane Black fan. Being like yeah. loving like the Lethal Weapon movies, mm-hmm. and then one of my all time favorites is Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Predator like, as well. He wrote that. Yeah, it's like uh, this guy. You know, this guy knows what he's doing. Like you know, I think he can make a hell of an alien movie if he got a chance. I I would love that because he's he's good at mixing. Like he has really great humor, but he's also mm-hmm. the, the, there's parts of the Predator that were really great with some of the horror in it. And it's like you know that's that's the element that's been missing. I feel like from the past couple of alien movies is just they're just not as scary as they were. Um, 
And I thought Prometheus had its moments. It it was. I'm not a big Prometheus fan. So. Really? Oh, yeah. man, I love Idris. I, Idris and Charlize in a movie. Like I'm like, damn, that's hook, line, and sinker right there. Well, I I will agree with you there. And and Michael Fassbender for me, I think he just, I mean, he nailed. Yeah, oh, I forgot about him. Yeah. yeah, he was just absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, but but getting back to uh, to the Superman story here, it's I think what made this story work was, you know, having that outsider feel to it. It's like so we as the audience know what's going on, but mm-hmm. but Superman doesn't. And I like the idea that it doesn't. You know, it, it, it incorporates everything from the Alien movies up to that point. Because I think this came out, this is 96, so this came out pre-Alien um, um, Resurrection. So, yes. you know, it, it had the idea of, okay, so Superman has the alien queen growing inside him. So mm-hmm. th- the other aliens aren't going to hurt him. So I was like, mm-hmm. okay, they kept that from Alien 3. And then just, like, how strong and terrifying they are from aliens. And then, you know, just everything else from alien of course but i like that it uh it, it does the same thing that the first couple of movies did it you know it introduces the idea that something crashed here it it you know it started the alien infestation and then it took over um it's just such a interesting concept like like oh okay like this is a re- this is a really well done thing because it's not done we're not beat, beaten over the head with it. It's just a mm-hmm. few panels. You know, Kara gives a little bit of explanation, and then we're on. We're off to the races with the story. Yeah, um, and it's pretty. It's pretty. You know, quick read too. Actually, I thought. Yeah, I, I read it in. Oh man, I read it pretty quickly. I read it one day. I read it a couple of days ago. And uh, what I really like about it is, I think it's a really good balance of a Superman story and an alien story. I think it really toes that line perfectly because. You know, you get all the aspects of Superman, you know, his powers and him using it to help people. Mm-hmm. But then, like, at some point, he does send the infected people back to the LexCorp satellite. Yeah. And that that takes on a whole alien element in itself. You know, like, Lois essentially kind of becomes Ripley yeah. running around a space station trying to survive. Yeah. While you have Superman stuff going on on the other side of the, you know, the universe. So I thought that that combination really worked well for a good story. Um, it's it's funny you you mentioned the the lowest thing because when you were talking earlier about forgetting that that you know Kara survived at the end, I forgot about that aspect of it that there was the ship that came back and had the aliens that and Lois and you know mm-hmm. Doctor Kimball you know which that name just cracked me up because all I could think about was uh, the fugitive Harrison Ford. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We just watched that the other day too, so I was like mm-hmm. so I was half expecting him to look like that, uh, but you know obviously as a woman, but um, but I was just cracking up going like oh like. I forgot about this part and, and how Lois is um, like such a badass, just like you know, kind of taking charge and you know, trying to save Surviving, people. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that and that to me totally fits with Lois's character. And I and I love a great Superman story that can really incorporate Lois into it. Um, like in in the lead up to the Snyder Cut, rewatching Batman vs Superman, I was like, you know, I forgot. Like in the Ultimate Edition, they give Lois a lot to do. She mm-hmm. has she has a whole story where she figures out everything that's going on, um, and then she throws away the spear. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she tries to get it back. You know, yeah. It, they just they both kind of screw it up when they're trying to a get it back bit, at yeah. the end. It always makes me laugh. I'm like, he's like, oh, I'll save you. Wait, let me grab the spear. And she's like, well, now I need to save you. And it's just, oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, but uh, 
But I love those stories where, you know, you can, uh, and, and Jurgens was uh, in his team back in the 90s, you know, with uh, Louis Simonson and uh, mm-hmm. you know, Roger Stern and all of them, Mike Carlin. They, they made a point to be like, you know, how do we make Lois just as tough and awesome as Superman, you know, as opposed to stories from the 50s where it's like she's trying to trick him into marrying him, uh, tr- trick him <laughs> into marrying her and weird stuff like that. Um, Which, ironically enough, was the same trope they used for Carol Ferris and Green Lantern early <laughs> on in the books. She would try to trick Green Lantern into marrying her. Oh. You know, <laughs> so it's 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 a dc thing <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a not knowing how to write women thing i think too. I, I guess um thank god times have changed yeah yeah for sure um and and i love having those those strong badass lowest moments because uh, a friend of mine you know i remember she she brought this up where she was like you know like clark kent is superman to the world but lois is superman to clark and i was like oh that's a really cool way to look at it um where, you know, th- these characters really balance each other out. So when he needs somebody to save him in some way, shape, or form, you know, he can, you know, she's there for him. Um, and I and I really like that aspect. I, I agree with you. Lois has a really strong presence just from being like, the, even the journalist aspect of her, you know, she kind of takes charge and everything. And she mm-hmm. knows Clark's identity, so she actually helps him out. You know, like, they seem to be a really good team in the book. And I think that's one of the strong parts of the book. Yeah. Because, you know, he sends them back and, he, you know, he thinks about the satellite, but he's concerned about Lois, you yeah. know, and like, who doesn't love, like you said, Lois and Clark, like they're great together, right. like all time power couple. The only real negative I have with the book is there's no Lex Luthor. Like he's mentioned. Yeah. But he, it, it's weird how Kimball replaced him. Cause I'm like, man, this would have been something more, a little bit more interesting with Lex. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and that might, might be that fitting into the continuity at the time thing. I, I'm not hundred percent sure. That's what I was trying to figure out. I was like, yeah. where was Lex at this point in time and what was going on? Cause they mentioned he's absent. He's not, you know, like he's basically, I don't know if he's in jail or who uh, Arkham or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. is he dead? Is he a redhead? I can't remember <laughs> at this point in time. So I found that really interesting, Yeah, but it was cool because like, I kind of was rooting for the alien to kill Kimball at one point. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. It's, it's sort of, she's sort of like, um, uh, Paul Reiser from Aliens, you know, you're just yeah, sort of like there you go, perfect. This, this like this slimy corporate person, and especially, and I love that. Again, uh, you know, with the the Ripley comparison, Lois is like, we can't just let this creature live; it's too dangerous, you know. Mm-hmm. And Kimball kind of comes to her senses, but at the same time, is sort of like, well, no, we can trap it and figure it out and everything. And it, only when her life is in danger does she realize how dangerous this, 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 I, I don't even want to call it an animal. Like, what is this thing? This yeah, alien, it, this, this, right? this creature, this monster, whatever, you know? <laughs> um, and it's, and it's interesting with that idea of, you know, like you said before that, you know, Superman's like, it's an alien and alien brawl because, um, Superman obviously doesn't think of him. He, I don't think he really thinks of himself as an alien, um, it's really not until like he's faced with something like this that he realizes how lucky he is to be human or to be raised by humans, I think, rather than be, you know, just like this, you know, cold-blooded yeah. monster. I think, I mean, just throughout history, I don't think Superman considers himself. I think he, I think he juggled with that early on in his life, but I actually, I believe he considers himself human. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, cause like you said, raised by human, you know, Jonathan and Martha Kent had a, huge impact on this character right so you know he's i consider him more human than kryptonian even though he does his genetic makeup clearly makes him superior right yeah i i i think so too and uh and that's partially from like uh 
10 years watching Smallville. <laughs> I just, you know, I always thought of him that way because that's how he was always trying to fit in with humans. And, mm-hmm. and it took him like that 10 year journey to find that balance to be, you know, Superman and Clark Kent, uh, right. even though we never really saw him as Superman, but you know, that's a whole other story, uh, which we won't get into here, but, <laughs> uh, the, the end, he was the end. He flew off. We, we did. Yeah. see it. We did. We get, we it got, did happen. We got a little bit of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, in, in this version, I, I like the idea that he, I mean, he has no idea what he's up against and he gets his ass kicked pretty quickly, like, especially mm-hmm. with the, like the acid blood gets in his eyes and, yeah. and, and even Carr is like, I can't believe like you survived that. And he's like, well, yeah, I've got like special abilities. So, you know, he's like, no big deal. I'm cool. Um, but it's still, he, it, but like I said before, you know, we were talking about it. He's at this huge disadvantage where he's still losing his powers. And then mm-hmm. for a good chunk of it, he can't see. So he can't even use his, you know, heat vision or X-ray powers. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it just, and again, that if it wasn't Dan Jurgens being so smart and so knowledgeable with Superman, that could have been so cheesy and so like, okay, we get it. Like he's, yeah, he's lost his powers, whatever, blah blah blah, just like he always does. Like in this situation, it's like, no, no, it, it makes sense, and it and it really raises the stakes. It's very well written, I think, at least. Yeah. No, I'm with you 100. percent I just. The way Jurgens was able to just juggle the losing of the powers, but him still still trying to remain like that beacon of hope, you know, like at one point he can't fly, but he doesn't tell Kara that he's just like, but I can still jump high. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like he, st- he still knows the lore of Superman that he knows where he can stretch his abilities, you know, and even so, like, remember, like towards the when they first find out that Clark has the, uh, the queen in his body, he, mm-hmm. you know. He can still kind of like hover down a little bit. He can't necessarily fly, yeah. but he can distort gravity slightly so so they don't like fall to their death. Yeah, I thought I thought that was kind of a like again the way it's drawn and the way I'm reading it, it's so kinetic that I'm like mm-hmm. I can almost see him kind of yeah. just slightly you know lowering them down. Uh, and I was like, oh, that's that's such a cool image. And then I'm like, well, it's not really an image though. It's just I mean, it is, but I'm sort of imagining it more than it, <laughs> I'm seeing it. Yeah, yeah, you're connecting it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and then, you know, uh, and then reading it to say, uh, so Dan Jurgens also did the layouts and another legend, Kevin Nolan, did the finishing touches on the art. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it looks it looks really great. It's very much of its time, like we said, with some of the, the hairstyles and such. Like, like yeah, even like Kara, when she shows up, I'm just like, ah, so even way out in, in space, they have that, that 90s, yeah. <laughs> that 90s do. Um, but... Um, but for you know, but I think for a lot of it, it, it really holds up, and that the aliens still look really scary. The aliens look great. I think that's where Nolan really excelled in the book is drawing the. I've seen, I've seen images of aliens. I was like, oh man, that just outside of the head, you yeah. know, it doesn't look so good. But just like their their, their uh, uh, what's it, what do I want to call it? Uh, their dimensions in the bot and just everything, the, mm-hmm. just the detail. I was like, oh man, this looks really good. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, they, you know, when they have like the second mouth, you know, that mm-hmm. like, like Clark is really surprised by. Um, yeah. And then like, I'll hold your jaw open, you can't bite me. And then there it comes. Yeah. It's just, it's just like, oh my God. Like, that's, it's so, it's so scary. And so, like, and I love the idea of Superman being so, like, a, a little cocky, you know, where he's just mm-hmm. like, he's like, oh, you can't hurt me now. And then, he's, and then he gets, you know, bit in the head. It's just like, yeah, you, you you really underestimated this thing, Clark. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I love that first introduction between the two. It's like it's a two page spread. Yeah. Splash page, two splash pages. And it's just a great like mid body shot of both the alien lunging at Superman, grabbing him, ripping his shirt. And just like he's you could just see he's like, whoa, what is this? Yeah. And he's got the mullet flowing. It's really great. Like, <laughs> Nolan did a good job with the aliens in this book. And I love my favorite panel in the book is an entire page where the alien tries to bite superman's head like that's just yeah that's such a cool image because it's like okay anyone else is dead yeah (laughs) but you know superman's still the man of steel right uh that was just fascinating to me like i was like thank god you decided to do that the way you did in Mm. on a full page it the art you know and it's such a great marriage of the writing and the art too and i think Mm. dan jergens obviously being the one who's doing the layouts i think uh it's it's an easier task there uh those are some of my favorite comics where I'm I'm not sitting there going, well, the art is great, but the art isn't, or vice versa. I I'm just I get to the end and I'm like, and then I want to go back and reread it and start picking stuff apart because it was that much of a almost feel like I'm watching an animated movie. I'm flipping through the pages so fast. Yeah. You know? Um. No, it's it's so good. Just yeah. because it, it it's weird. It like goes in stages. It's like Superman story for a little bit. Mm-hmm. alien story then it's like a hybrid of the two then it goes back to alien back to and it finishes up in a superman way yeah so it, it just juggles back and forth just the just uh, it's very respectful to both characters yeah that's how well it's done um I, I think what really sells the book to me and and i don't do this very often but when i reread it uh i read the introduction with chris claremont uh the way yes. he, the way he talked about it um, and he gave all the praise to, to Dan Jurgens and, and DC and, um, and he talked about how he saw the movie when, you know, and, and he took the train home from, <laughs> from the theater in New York and he was like terrified. I was like, I was like, how would you not be like, especially back then when, you know, there wasn't as we weren't being like flooded with content, you know, you just, you just kind of ruminate on this terrifying movie you just saw. Well, if he was taking the subway in 1978, it wasn't exactly a safe place. <laughs> well, that's true too, especially in New York. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's you know, I I love that he, you know, he when him doing the introduction, he was saying how uh, you have Superman, who's the immovable object, and the aliens at the unstoppable force, right? And it's like who's going to blink first? And it's it's such. And it's true, really, especially when you're reading the book, like, you know, the alien hordes are just seemingly never ending. Even when you know yeah. there's there's just a couple on the, the LexCorp satellite, they still seem to, you know, well, where the hell are they coming from? There still seems I to mean, be so many. I mean, three of those things just seems like it just absolutely impossible to deal with. Like, yeah. one is, is tough to deal with, right? But, like, can you imagine being being on argo city with an entire hive or whatever whatever you want to call it just seeing yeah. those eggs is enough to scare the hell out of me yeah because you know, you're like man like just just one of those things will wreak havoc well just in and rereading or rewatching the the original movies and everything it's just i think it, something as simple as like you know um you know I, I when you like when you read a batman comic you you know you can sort of hear the Batmobile and you can, you know, you can hear like the belt and stuff like that. And with Superman books, you can hear him flying like the, like the whoosh sound from, you know, yeah. the animated series or whatever. In this, when the alien egg opens, I can hear that, that slimy yeah, like thing. Slime. Yeah. yeah. And then I can hear the alien hiss and it's just, yeah. you know, it's like, I get chills talking about it because it's just, it's so unnerving and, you know, and, and all, all the credit in the world to, 
to Ridley Scott and James Cameron when they were, you know, making those first couple of movies, they knew how much, you know, to show and not to show from these creatures to really mm-hmm. just get get the audience on edge. And uh, two different directors doing two different things, yeah. you know, with the same character, right? Uh, well, yep. in the Alien and, and Ripley, but you couldn't, they couldn't necessarily be two different movies. You know, they're, they're so different in so many ways. Like one is a true science fiction horror movie. Yeah. And the other is your just standard eighties action flick, right? Like yeah. it couldn't but, be any different, but there's still, but there's still plenty of scares in, in that other one and uh, in aliens. And, you know, we mm-hmm. talked about this with my friends in, in another episode, but like, there's the, you know, like the, the queen I think is just terrifying and she doesn't do a whole lot in this book, which is a little unfortunate, but it's already a pretty, even though there's not many characters, it's a pretty stuffed story. So I think to do more with the queen would have slowed the book down. Um, but the size of the queen is always what gets me. She's so big. She's got yeah. that huge. She does have a crown. You know, it's it's weird. Like yeah. She's got that gigantic, like almost shield-like head thing. Yeah. But the size of that queen, I was like, man, if that thing ever got loose, you're in for a hell of a lot of trouble. Like, because yeah. one of the little just regular aliens is more than enough to just destroy an entire, you know satellite full of people but right can, the queen wreaking havoc that would just it's terrifying it, it is it is truly one of the most terrifying creatures in all of cinema and comics yeah for sure it's it's why uh i i get i i love revisiting this stuff because even like you know i was talking about it now i'm kind of thinking about it like oh it's so interesting how this is you know it, it's it's like you said it's a great homage to both uh franchises and one of the things that it's like Kara, in a way, is is a little bit like Newt. Um, yes, but uh, but obviously, like you know, much much tougher than Newt was because Ripley is or not Ripley, excuse me. Kara's older and she has a gun and everything. Whereas mm-hmm. you know, I I don't think it's ever really explained how Newt survived. She just was lucky. <laughs> well, uh, I, you know, she was small enough to hide and 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 disguise herself and know her surroundings and just be kind of self aware. That's, that's where Kara is. Like, yeah, she's just as much a survivor as Newt. Yep. as an adult and you know she only i believe you know there was only one other person that she was surviving with you know the basically the entire uh city was was wiped uh, out destroyed yeah yeah uh yeah there was one there was one other survivor that i think only made it like two pages in in this book um and and it's such a tragic line too where she says i don't want to be the last one and and Clark's like, I know exactly how you feel, mm-hmm. um, and it's yeah. it's it's those type of Superman moments that are really great because I think she kind of shoots it back and I'm like, oh, you don't know how I feel, and he's like, yes, I do, um, and then I think yeah, because that's when they discover that he's from Krypton, and she says, mm-hmm. oh, this is my history or whatever, um, and and yeah, it's and when you have a a species like this that, that can wipe you out within you know a couple of years, which is what she says, I think that they, that they did, you're, you know, it's not going to take long for, you know, you to be the last survivor of something, um, which is, which is really terrifying. Um, and, you know, and I love that, that Superman, you know, was, was there for her and was like, I, you know, I don't, you know, but you're not gonna be the last one. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take you home with me and everything. Um, mm-hmm. and I was just like reading it and even, I remember even reading it like way back in the day. I remember thinking like like that's not going to happen. They're not they're not going to live happily ever after on the farm or whatever. You know, <laughs> like this this poor yeah. kid is dead. <laughs> I I was expecting her to come back to Earth. To be honest, like mm-hmm. I just was just like you know when because it's been so long and I was like oh man that's Kara that's like that's whatever universe this is that's their Kara and I was like of course she'll come back right 
right? And then you find out she's not even Kryptonian. And it's like, okay, so then you start questioning her. Like, is she just a regular person or whatever, regular alien person? <laughs> but um, Some sort of humanoid. <laughs> yeah, and then they kind of do that quick trick, you know, where Jurgens makes you think she didn't survive. And, yeah. you know, come the end of the book, you're like, oh, wow, she did. But, you know, how, how long does she have? Because, you know, she's just in a, an escape pod, right. like, you know, like, and that's what, you know, her entire, the all of Argo City pretty much got wiped out, not because of the alien, but because of starvation. Right. They just ran out of resources and then the alien came and it wiped out them even more. So it was, they were on a one way ticket to hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that part, actually. Yeah. Um, one, one thing I really like about the story that I was just thinking about as we're talking about it is I'm really glad there wasn't any sort of retcon where like this, the aliens were the ones that destroyed Krypton or something like that. Right. Which, yeah. Which I feel like in maybe a lesser writer's hands, we'd be like, it would be really cool as if the aliens were the ones that destroyed Krypton. Be like, it's like, uh, maybe, but it's much more yeah. interesting if this is just a totally foreign element and, mm-hmm. and you, and you throw Superman in there, who's out of his element, he's losing his powers. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't know where he is. Um, so that little bit of a fish out of water thing, but it's also, um, really well done where you get the fish out of water, you get Superman losing his powers, and none of it feels like, it doesn't feel cheesy or I've seen this before kind of feeling, you know what I mean? Yeah, it, it, I mean, I think the story feels pretty fresh to me. Um, yeah. I think this would make one hell of an animated movie. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, I know I know the DC just, uh, Warner Brothers Animation just finished that whole DC animated universe, and they're trying to do uh, standalone movies and not make everything as connected as they once were. So mm-hmm. I think something like this would be really open for interpretation, you know? Yeah. I I, mean, I don't think we've ever gotten like an animated alien thing. Like, uh, not that I can think of. I think it's always been just the live action movies. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's going to come though. I, I, I think, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, since, uh, it, it's tough to do because of you know 20th century fox owned the rights for so long so yep. you have two studios battling out probably one wants to do one the other one wants to do it, and they just can't come to agreement and i i just can't see disney and warner brothers being like yeah you know like i it's but you know they sony and disney came to an agreement on spider-man so you you think that there would be something in there i mean yeah it's such a, a niche product that you think i i think the fans would soak it up to be honest i, I yep. think it could be a win-win but Greed does play a factor in this. It unfortunately it does, and and it, you just think like how great would it be to have like like Tim D- Daly and Dana Delaney, you know, come back, or you know, you know George Newbern as Superman, or you know, or, yeah, or even get you know one of the other movie casts, um, like uh, I mean, I take Cavill, I take Cavill yeah. to do the voice work for Superman, like you know, like yeah, whatever, just anyone. I mean, you know, as crazy as Dean Cain's been the last few years, if he came back to voice, <laughs> I wouldn't be opposed either. Um, apparently, he's been he was uh, Jonathan Kent on the DC Superhero Girls show. Um, he not Jonathan Kent. Uh, oh, on DC Superhero Girls. Okay, yeah. he was on Supergirl as well. Yeah, he on Supergirl. He was uh, he was her. He was Jeremiah Danvers. Yes, and then, and then he got very political and they killed him all. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, hey, if he's as long as he's happy, you know, have fun with hey, him. Hey, it's, you know, it's his way of making a living, so you got to suffer the consequences, whatever they may be. And, and, you know, and the ironic thing to me is that he's not the only one. Like, John Schneider from Smallville, he's very much on the same boat, very much on the right, um, yeah. uh, being, you know, on, on that side. And that, that kind of cracks me up because I'm like, that just makes me think of, like, Jonathan Kent from... Um, like forever evil, like that tie-in story that mm-hmm. was Ultraman's origin. I was like, 
but I don't want to judge too harshly, you know. Um, you know, people are going to believe what they're going to believe, and hopefully that... It's a free country. It is, and uh, we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I agree that I think this would be a fantastic animated movie, and um, I'm, I'm sure we'll never see anything like this in live action. Like like we were talking about before, who knows what Disney wants to do with Aliens and, and The Predator mm-hmm. going forward, and I think that those franchises just, they... You know, as much as I don't really think... I don't care too much about, like, an R rating a lot of the times. Like, like Zack Snyder's Justice League, I was like, this, you know, this could have easily been PG-13. It's not that big of a deal. Um, it doesn't... I think you toned down some of the blood, yeah. Yeah. I think that's what really held it up. Right, right. Um, and it's just... But for some reason, it's like with the aliens, there's just... I, I think you almost need the R rating just to, just to protect the kids, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Like, uh, to be... To be honest, it's almost a blessing in disguise because you could see this if if both of these IPs were owned by one company. Let's just say Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. Just say Warner Brothers is the one who bought 20th Century Fox. I could see them doing a get rich quick Superman alien movie, yeah. and I could see it being just abysmal, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> it's something that I, I wouldn't want in live action, but I could I would appreciate an animated version. Yeah. You know, just, just me. No, I I totally agree, and. I'm, I'm, I am excited to see what Disney uh, and, and Marvel does with uh, the Alien franchise going forward because I think, you know, these these are iconic characters, you know, or creatures or whatever. Um, it's just, and I think that you can tell a lot of really interesting stories there. And I think Dan Jurgens kind of proved it with this story. Um, yeah. And Ron Mars with his Batman aliens, you know, um, that, that was an interesting way to tie those characters together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my thing is, I you know, I, I was texting when I, the one day I was texting you. I was like, I I would kind of like to see like a an alternate universe Marvel version of Aliens, where you know some of the Spider-Man hero Spider Man Alien, yeah, right? or 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 not even, but maybe even just like the Avengers, where some of the Avengers die, you know, because they get they get infected. I'd be interested in that. Um, hey, Tom Taylor, I feel like Tony <laughs> Stark would lend himself very well to an Alien crossover. Just you know, I, I, Tony's got money and he's probably investing in satellites and yeah he's kind of like the good version of Lex Luthor to an extent right you know what i'm saying right right so i feel like that would work out pretty well i i think that'd be that'd be really interesting especially considering that he's sort of the the good side of like the the corporate greed if you will mm-hmm. whereas you could get somebody like you know like justin hammer or something that would be like trying to yeah. use that for a profit some sort of like competition to see who can get to this you know what this i don't know this new planet that there's life you know like yeah. you could see some sort of space race there right right i think that'd be interesting and i'd like you know I, so i'm looking forward to some sort of crossover you know like they had they did those covers um uh you know with you know they had like the alien attacking captain america and then like the guardians of the galaxy found the alien queen that and, could be really cool that would be interesting the yeah. guardians finding an alien hive i i didn't think of that that's a great idea i you know i, I saw some of those covers and i was like oh this would just be so cool like i know this is just like essentially fan art they're variant covers for different marvel comics but i'm like yeah. i'm like just do this fucking story already <laughs> like, it'd be so cool yeah that's the good thing about disney buying them though is like i know i was concerned earlier about like just how they would go about the process of handling these characters but it does open us up to them interacting with others like dc and alien and predator have had their run they've, they've told you know like i don't know how many more stories you can tell yeah with these in a crossover fashion with these guys but you know it, it's like you said, like seeing them interact in the Marvel universe, that could be something that 
I think a lot of people would enjoy. Yeah, and maybe be something that Marvel could do in an animated fashion because I know their animated uh, movies aren't as good as the DC ones. <laughs> they, and they're few far between, so this could jumpstart that a little bit. They they haven't done. I don't think they've done like an animated movie in a long time either. Um, it's there's been a lot of. They keep, and that's sort of the problem I have with Marvel. Stay on that tangent for a second. Is they keep rebooting the cartoons. Like, here's a new Avengers cartoon. Here's a new Spider-Man cartoon. It's like, yeah, but I was just starting to like the other one, and then you canceled it and rebooted it with a different cast and crew. And Sounds everything. like Power Rangers, doesn't it? It, it does. Um, but I remember I watched. I started watching the first episode of the, the one animated Spider-Man. I think the newest one, and I just got bored. I was like, I was like, I, I, we yeah, I was with you. Yeah, I was we, with you on that. We know all this. Like, it's just, you know, we don't need to get but, go through the origin again. But whatever. I'll take I'll take 90s Spider-Man and Sensational any day, though. Those are, those two animated shows are fantastic. I, I totally agree. Sensational, I, I love so much. Uh, it's not on Disney+. Plus. I do have the DVDs, though. So I bought um, the Blu-ray myself. Yeah. So I, I like to revisit those every now and then when I'm on a Spider-Man kick. Um, but, yeah. So uh, overall thoughts, like uh, Superman Aliens. Pretty, uh, pretty damn good. <laughs> I, I think it's, I think it's amazing. Uh, I really do. Like I was when you, when you, <laughs> it's funny because I'm like, I'm like, you're like, so have you read Superman Aliens? And all I did was text. I was like, you mean this book? <laughs> like I just texted you a picture of the trade. Like yes, that's it. I was like, well, I was like, I was like, thank God for JJ because I haven't read this book in like ten years. <laughs> uh, so uh, you know, I said it earlier. Like I just, I appreciate the fact that you give me the ability to go back and look at things that are out of my normal rotation. Yeah. Uh, it's great I, I love the art i love the story i think it's really creative i think it's really unique um it's the perfect blend of the two yeah. it's so respectful to both sides of the of the coin that it's if you haven't read it i i again track it down because i think it's it's well worth the purchase it it absolutely is like you know i'm sure that you know you can probably find it like you know like pete you know, like you said in your you know like a used uh at like a the five dollar bin or whatever in in your local comic book store, a used bookstore of some sort. Um, that, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's worth the, uh, however few dollars there that they're going to charge you for it. It's, I mean, it's just, it's, it captures those characters really well. And I don't, I never felt during it that I was being like, that I was like, oh, well, you know, I, Superman wouldn't do that, or, oh, well, the aliens can't do that, or anything like that. It's I, not fan service. No. Not at all. There, there's a story to be told here, and it's told really well. It's it's not some sort of money grab. It's it's actually just brilliantly done. Yeah. And from it's... Front, front to back. It's And it's a ton of fun, too. And that's that's yeah. all we really want at the end of the day with our comics, is just to have a really cool story. Um, and and uh, real quick before we end... Um, when Man of Steel came out and there was the big, you know, controversy surrounding Superman killing Zod, um, this story popped in my head and I was like, no, Superman's killed before. Like, that was the whole thing. He killed those Kryptonians. He was super upset about it. And that's why he didn't kill yeah. the aliens. And I, I never had an issue with Superman killing Zod in Man of Steel. I, I didn't either. I just remember, I remember being shocked when it happened. I was like, holy shit, they went there. Um, but at the end of the day, I was like, well, I mean, he did what he had to do. Um, and, mm -hmm. and then it made me, and then after that movie came out, I revisited this story and I was like, I was like, oh my gosh, like, you know, this, and I like that there's there, that Superman has that code and he's going to stick to it. Um, yeah. even yeah, if it's, no, even if it's a little ridiculous, cause like these are monsters that should be taken care of, but you know, well, it just shows why he's so much better than the rest of us, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's what separates 
you know, us from the superheroes is they do have that moral. And Batman's the same way with his no guns, no killing policy. Like, yeah, it's similar. You know, Batman will scare the hell out of you and he'll probably dangle you from, you know, 80 stories up of a high rise. But, <laughs> you know, and he'll drop you, but he'll always catch you. Yeah. And uh, that's, that. you know, that's great. Um, I, I do. Like when I read that, I was like, you know, like, man, I, I got it. It made sense to me. You know, at the end yeah. of the story when he's like, man, he's like, I've dealt with you guys before. You guys are relentless. It's just. It's a very accurate portrayal of Superman. Yeah. I mean, and as only Dan Jurgens can write, like yeah. he's been writing Superman for how many years now? It, it makes no sense. It makes no. Uh, it makes nothing but sense to me that he wrote a great crossover. Yeah, of course, you know, and so thirty some odd years or something. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. he's so if Dan Jurgens says, "Oh no, Superman would do this or wouldn't do this," like I'm on board. You, 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 you know better than I would. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to tell him how to do his job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, this has been an absolute blast. Um, I'm I'm glad we were able to get together and talk about this uh, hidden gem, as you called it, and I, and I love yeah, that. Yeah, this is a good one. Um, so uh, go ahead and, and uh, plug whatever you want to plug here. Uh, you can follow me on social media. That's Twitter, Instagram, and Zach Snyder's favorite bureau at Pete Illustrated. <laughs> you could also follow the show I co-host with the champion of Long Island, Eric Holzman, straight out of Gotham, straight underscore O underscore G on both Instagram and Twitter. Please join our Facebook group, Straight Outta Gotham. Please check out our Facebook page, Straight Outta Gotham. You can check out my reviews of Dark Detective, Detective Comics, Man Bat on BatmanOnFilm.com. You can also check out Batman on Film YouTube for my interviews with Michael Uslan, Lauren Lester, Kevin Conroy, Tyra Strong, and other titans of the animated and live action industry that we have all fell in love with. So again, BatmanOnFilm.com, Straight Outta Gotham. Check those things out because they're really great places for just knowledgeable fans to just ha hang out in discourse and uh, there being, you know, no hostility, no toxicity. Yeah. Uh, a really great place. And, you know, since being able to meet, uh, meet Bill, he was on the show and, um, and all the, you know, you know, like Garrett and you and, and Ryan Lauer, you know, it's just, it's so much fun, like listening to you guys and, and having conversations with you guys and feeling mm -hmm. like, you know, this, th you know, we're, we're a big happy family here. It's like, hey, I really like this. Oh, that's great. I didn't like it, but I'm glad you like it. Um, you know, that kind of conversation is uh, very healthy to have, especially these days. Um, and, and I'll tell you on air that I'm very interested in Man Bat because of your reviews, which I did not care it's about very before. Good. It's a very good story. Yeah. I'm actually very impressed. Yeah. So I highly recommend anyone checking out to check that one out. It's a great it's a great book. Yeah. It's only, I think, five issues. So we're two issues in, but um, enjoy it. Yeah, I'm I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to that one because, you know, I was like, I, was like oh, I, heard, I think this, I was like, this, why are they making this? This sounds stupid. And then I, you know, clicked on your review and I was like, oh, that actually sounds really cool. So Yeah, it's not bad. So, uh, you know, you gave DC uh, four of my dollars. <laughs> so... I wish I collected commission. <laughs> All right, Pete. Well, thanks again for joining us. Uh, this is uh, this has been a delight. You know, we'll definitely we'll you know we'll be in touch. You know, you're uh, you're never too far off the rotating guest list. I'm always so, around. Yeah, <laughs> as as one as one would say. Um, nice. And we just want to end by telling you that in space, no one can hear you scream, and they can also not hear Superman throwing up an alien which was really, really disgusting. But it had to be done. All right, folks.